Hello and welcome to Ode to Games. I'm Kevin Van Alleen, joined alongside Logan Plant. How are you doing, Logan? I'm doing well, Kevin. How about you? I'm I'm doing good. Uh, I didn't I I didn't get the memo that this was the uh, the musical episode of the show. It is. I yeah. I didn't prepare. Break I, out the DK yeah. bongos. <sighs> Break yeah, out I, some bongos. <laughs> play some jungle beat is, is that this episode i don't play an instrument 2005 or whatever i might have Neither to do sing I. so <laughs> and how are you doing zach i'm great i'm pretty great yeah yeah why don't we hop right into this one before we get into the news uh for today's show why don't we just hop into what everybody's been playing over the last week and i've heard that you guys have uh gotten your first taste of vr recently yeah, Logan, you want to set that up? Sure. We uh, are borrowing PlayStation VR from one of my friends here at school. Um, I just, for some reason, decided I wanted to do it. You know how It was I a am. good decision. It was. Um, actually, Zach came over one night, um, and we were just going to hang out. And then I was like, guess what we're about to do? And he's like, what am I, PlayStation VR? You were pretty shocked. Yeah. Um, and so we went and picked it up. I bought Astrobot myself, even though I won't have a headset to play it on after I, I return it to my friend. Uh, but Astrobot Rescue Mission is a 3D platformer um, exclusively for PlayStation VR. And it's the reason I wanted to try out the platform. Um, this game, people are calling it like the game that makes VR like relevant, um, that proves VR can work really well. Um, really cute 3D platformer um, about a little robot trying to rescue oh. all his friends. Zach, what do you think of VR so far? I love VR, and it's mostly because the character that we control is just so cute. Like He just floats around, and whenever you look at him, he waves, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. The, the technology itself is cool. Um, it's not the coolest thing ever. <laughs> when we both first put it on, we got a little bit motion sick because it's a bit jarring when the camera just moves forward. Uh, because it's just like your head is moving forward and your body's not moving forward. So we got a little bit sick at that, but we, we quickly adjusted to it. Uh, I, I love the mechanics of it. I think it works really well because you're controlling the little guy like a, a regular 3D platformer, and your character acts as the camera. So you're moving and you're looking around with your head while you're moving around a little guy, which I think is a cool combination of uh, uh, game styles. And when you're moving your guy, you're able to like look below you or like look around a corner and see things that you wouldn't usually see. And this is a game where you, you go around collecting other little guys and you like look for like little miscellaneous things like chameleons that unlock little challenges. So this game has a lot to offer. I mean, for 40 bucks, it's, it's pretty chock full of stuff to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so you probably shouldn't feel too bad about buying it just to oh, no. test out the VR. I, it's, it's already been worth oh, it. Oh, yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. It's super worth it. Yeah. Uh, it's just a good game overall. Yeah, and this game is really cool because basically you're controlling a character, uh, two characters at once, one from the third-person perspective who is the little cute robot guy named Captain Astro yep. who runs around, jumps, uses his jetpack, punches enemies, things like that. But then you're also controlling like kind of the robot master from the first-person perspective. Um, so on the screen, you see a DualShock 4 that moves along with your movements. Um, you turn your head, the camera turns its head. You can look around corners. You can look behind you to see if you missed anything. You get little gadgets like a grappling hook that you fire from the controller, latches onto walls and specific enemies. A water gun, Zach, you to fight this giant boss yeah um but well, it, it's I, just really cool i like that you can headbutt stuff like yeah. there's this little icon that appears sometimes and it, it indicates that you need to actually aggressively move your head forward in order to headbutt something and like break a wall mm -hmm. and i thought that caught me out of 
uh, off guard uh, at the beginning because it there was a bee enemy and it had the symbol on it and it really just it flew at my face and I had to headbutt it away, which was actually kind of terrifying. Yeah, yeah, that was, and I also like that there's enemies that, like shoot goop at you. Yeah, and like that can hit the headset and then your vision looks like um, like Mario Kart when there's a blooper. Um, when you get inked and you just have to physically shake it off, which I learned by reading a review. We didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, it just eventually goes away. Um, but I love it. It's a very, very good 3D platformer. Um, and I think this is a game that needs VR to be as good as it is because it is fairly easy. Like yeah. if you take it out of VR, it's a pretty easy standard it's 3D like platformer. like kind of. Yeah. But inside the VR, it is amazing. Um, I've been saying it's like a Nintendo game. It is um, using its hardware to its fullest capability, um, just doing everything it can with the motion, um, with the sound. You wear headphones when you have the VR headset on, yep. so you hear like surround sound. It's just, it's an incredible game, and I think it does prove um, that VR can provide just as compelling experiences as normal games can. Yeah. Two questions. First, you borrowed PSVR from a friend who bought into VR, yep. and he didn't buy Astrobot. Like he, he never. Isn't this it. the one? This is the one. Like, it's kind of like, an outdated term, but it's like the killer app of PSVR. And right. he got PSVR as a present for Christmas, like, when it launched at $400, which is crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Even $200 now is kind of like, eh. Yeah, it's, that's right on the border. Yeah. 150 that might be worth it. But 200 is like, ooh, I don't think I can commit to that. Yeah. But, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, I never use it. It just sits in its box. And I'm like, can I keep it? He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> knows that there's like some sort of value behind it because it costs a couple hundred dollars yeah but like that's just confusing to me because yeah i mean i haven't heard uh, a bunch of really good games coming out for vr but i did hear about astrobot so i'm kind of curious as to why he didn't jump back in for that but oh well yeah (laughs) what's the other question uh the other question also about other vr games if you're not talking about like bethesda's like fallout or skyrim in vr um a lot of complaints lodged at, at VR games is that they're more so just tech demos. They're not fully fledged experiences. Is this game one that you can put some fairly significant amount of time into and progress through like a full game? Like this is a fully realized game. I think so. Mm-hmm. There's five worlds. Each world has four levels and a boss and every single level has a hidden challenge speed run level to unlock. So there are 25 of those in the game. And these levels have like variety in mm-hmm. both the way they look and like the things you have to do. Yeah. And like recently we just discovered a rail level which was very Sonic esque. Yeah, just, it was awesome. Almost exactly the same. And you had a really good time because you were the one that got to do it. But yeah, there's a lot of diversity and it's it's just like a platformer, a 3D platformer. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah. I, yeah. Again, it, it's. It's a game where I'm like, oh, yeah, that looks like fun. I'd like to try it out. And then I'm like, I'm not going to spend $200 on, on PSVR, man. I'm exactly. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, if there were more games like this one that would push people to buy VR, then maybe. But I'm not I'm not buying the headset for, for just that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I what I'm worried about is, like, what if I did uh, – what if someone just took the investment, took the plunge on Black Friday and bought a cheap PSVR headset – is that going to work with PS5 when that comes out, like, in a year or two? Like, I would I don't hope know. so. Like, are they going to have a new PSVR for the new console? That'd be so stupid. That'd be really sad. Because um, I can see them releasing a new one that has, like, better resolution. Because the resolution yeah. isn't yeah. great. It's blurry a lot of the time, and uh, we run into the problem where it occasionally fogs up your glasses. Because it recommend it says to wear your glasses. It says don't take off your glasses when you put on the VR headset. But occasionally, it kind of fogs it up. Uh, but other than that, yeah, the... 
it, the blurriness goes away a little bit when you adjust it, but not entirely. Yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully there's some sort of backwards compatibility. It's not like we don't want to get better, like, VR tech. Yeah, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be really annoying to, to not be able to use your $200 peripheral, like, you know, a like year later when the new console comes out. But Last thing I want to say about it, my favorite part, uh, my favorite just little detail of the game is when you jump into a level, the level, like, almost like blueprints forms out in front of you yeah, like yeah. from the first it holograms yeah. all the way to the back and you just see that depth of vision increasing and then all the color pops in at once and it's just a gorgeous moment mm-hmm. the first time that happened i was like whoa and zach's like what because he's just watching it on the tv screen yeah and it, just yeah. Looks like like it wasn't game. super special yeah but yeah it's amazing when you get in there um we had my girlfriend try it who doesn't play a ton of video games and she thought it was amazing too yeah. my roommate who also doesn't play a ton of video games said it was awesome like this is a really cool thing that I'm going to keep as long in my house as I can. <laughs> Until he remembers that he gave it to you. Yeah. Well, yeah, considering he never used it, I mean, probably yeah. hasn't thought about it too much. Yeah. Yeah, but it's incredible. Okay. Yep, and then other than that, uh, I've had a pretty busy week, so I just played some more uh, Yakuza Kiwami to put some time into that. But the, the weird thing is that over... Like, shortly after the last episode, I had this weird urge to break out my PS3 after a while. And I was looking through the stack of games that I have for it. And I I chose to play some Red Dead Redemption 1, which I've owned for about a month, I would say. Um, It was between that and Fallout New Vegas, because Fallout 4 is the only Fallout I've ever played, and I heard it wasn't the best. So I I really want to go back and play Vegas, which I've heard is one of the best. But I broke out Red Dead Redemption 1 because... My YouTube feed has been filled with Red Dead Redemption videos because it usually recommends me gaming videos, and that is the hot topic, and it has been since it came out, because everybody loves Red Dead Redemption 2, and I've always heard really great things about the first game, but I never broke it out, so I bought it, I intended to play it, and I I finally just, I threw it in to see what it was like. Um, It plays exactly like a Grand Theft Auto game, which you would expect being made by Rockstar. Uh, There's a mini-map where you can go down different mission paths, um... And once you go a certain amount down a mission path, it kind of blocks off until you complete other missions and then it reopens. And I like that style of gameplay. It it leaves the world open for you to explore and choose how you want to play it, which I think is nice. It, the graphics I thought would be worse. It looks better than GTA 4, but not as great as GTA 5. Um, and it's got this like Borderlands kind of cell shading to it, which makes it look even better. So I, I actually like the way it looks, kind of. So I, that wasn't disappointing. And the story is actually really pretty good. I, I like John Marston. I know everyone loves John Marston. So I, I figured I'd like him, and I do. Um, so I'm looking forward to beating that game. I have no idea how long it is uh, or how long it will take me. Yeah, I don't think it's very long. I think the main campaign is between 15 to 20 hours. Okay. That's it? So it's not a huge game. I think. It's, it's, I know there's probably I mean, stuff. I mean, there's... Yeah, a bunch of side stuff. But yeah, I think the main campaign isn't incredibly long. Yeah. That surprises me since Red Dead 2 is like 60 hours. Yeah, but that's a... They went hard I feel like on that's, Red Dead 2. That's also just where a lot more of the open world games are going. Yeah. More modern type of open world games where they just chock full of, of random stuff to do. And it's like, yeah, you can, you can play this game for like 150 hours. Like... Uh, when the original Red Dead Redemption came out, I don't think that was as big of a thing. Yeah, the map's not even that big, so I'm surprised that there's not a whole lot of like stuff to do or places to go. But so far, what I've done, I've stuck 
basically to the first town and to the ranch nearby, which is where the first cluster of missions takes place. And uh, I'm having a pretty good time. There's a fast travel that they that they just give you right off the bat, which I think is nice, so I don't have to ride oh. my horse everywhere. Unlike Red Dead 2, I hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the horse mechanics are not my favorite. Um, probably a little better than Aggro from Shadow of the Colossus. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to, what a good horse mechanic is. I don't know what the best horse mechanic in video games is. Any opinions on horse mechanics? Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Breath were they the decent? Yeah, yeah, they were decent horses. Yeah. That's really all I can think of. It's hard to get it right, but I didn't love it. It's not the worst. He just, like, has really hard time turning mm. after a certain speed, which I guess makes sense because you can't 90-degree turn a horse. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> it's like, plop. <laughs> yeah, like a horse drift. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's all I've been playing. I've been taking up too, too much time, so you can go ahead. The other three games that I have to talk about, I played all with Kevin, so I guess we can kind of do these together. Um, yeah. First is Stardew Valley, one of Kevin's top ten games of all time. It's so good. Um, I visited Kevin over my winter break, and we uh, got it on Switch and played co-op on a farm together. Uh, my first experience with Stardew Valley, Harvest Moon series was always more of my sister's thing, not mine. I was always a kind of a casual Harvest Moon player. And out of the six or seven I think I've dabbled in, Stardew Valley is definitely the most hooking I still want to go back to it. Kevin and I have probably played like seven or eight hours is all. I yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, fishing is one of my favorite things. Just talking to the townspeople. I really like just the art style. I, I just love it so much. And Kevin says there's still so much we haven't even experienced yet that I am excited to see for the first time. Yeah. Oh, Stardew Valley. It's, it's such a good game. I was also uh, pleasantly surprised with how well it made the transition over to consoles and to Switch, especially in terms of like the UI because I'm always a little bit concerned where uh, there are games that, you know, for PC, menu systems can be a lot easier with mouse controls. So I'm always kind of wary of when the game makes the jump to console like that and if they port over stuff like the UI well. But it does it really well. I like it just as much as I do on the PC, even a little bit more so because just it's a little bit easier for me to pick up and play. I don't have to boot up my laptop or whatever every time I want to play Stardew. I could just uh, go over to my Switch, turn that on, and play it. It was... And playing online as well. I was glad that Switch got it right away uh, for the online uh, support that came to PC earlier in the year. Yeah, it was super fun, and I want to get back into it. It's been four days, and I feel like I'm going through with Phil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. That game is so good. And then the next one we played was Unravel 2. Uh, we wanted to play it online over the summer and discovered it was local co-op only. And I'm actually get glad that it was a local co-op experience, so we got to uh, play that on the same couch together. I thought that that made the game really good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Unravel 2 was fantastic. Like, I, I played the first one uh, a little bit, and I got about halfway through, and... I really enjoyed it, but uh, put it down for some reason. I really liked the co-op functionality of Unravel 2. And uh, like one of the things that, that's best about the functionality for co-op is in terms of just the puzzles that the game throws at you. Because in the first game, there were certain puzzles that I would get to, and you get kind of stuck on them for a while. And uh, for a game that is also heavy on platforming, it's kind of annoying not to be constantly moving. So it was nice to have a second player there to bounce ideas off of and to try and work together to solve the puzzle instead of just sitting there for like five to ten minutes like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I've tried everything. It, it allowed the game to uh, run a lot more quickly and allowed you to move on to the next thing a lot faster while not feeling like it was overtly easy either. Yeah, yeah, and I mostly love the art style. It looks just like a like the real world. It's awesome. Um, 
really fun. I liked our yarnies. You got to pick our color and our hairstyle, which was nice. What uh, yeah. color did I you I was pick? green. He was purple. Oh. It's a nice little combo there. Yeah. Um, the last level was incredible. I don't want to spoil yeah, if, it if you haven't played if, it. If oh. you play, just play Unravel 2 for that final level. Oh, man. Like, the rest of the game is great. That final level, though, one of the best levels in video games I've played. Oh, yeah. Like, it was incredible. How long of a game did you say it was? It took us, like, four-ish hours. Okay, so four hours, super yeah. short. Yeah. Yeah, and you need Sit down, to play with. Play with your buddy for four hours. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I believe it's still on sale for the next couple days. I kind of want it now. So if uh, you want to pick it up, I think it was on sale till the 15th. It was 8 bucks. Ooh, that's a good deal. Yeah, so uh, if anybody's interested, uh, pick it up. Especially make sure you have someone to play it with. But yeah, if, if you, you don't do, have any friends, then you probably uh, shouldn't play this game. Up. Games are for friends. But you can play the first one. Uh, the first oh, one was yeah. also on sale, I think. So, yeah, that game's great. Are they story-related? No. Okay. no. You mean like related between the two games? Yeah, do you have to play the first to get the second? I didn't play the first. No. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think they would <laughs> be. I just had to ask. They're two separate stories, and the stories themselves are not really the focal point. Yeah. They show the story through like – at least in the first game, it was like very much like picture uh, pictures of things happening. You kind of piece together the story. There's a little bit more movement in Unravel 2 in terms of how it tells its story, but still mm-hmm. it, it very much takes uh, a backstage a pa- backstage to – the just platforming yeah uh, for sure but it's still great there uh the credits had a very lovely song that i liked quite a lot along with a heartfelt uh, message written by the team to all the people that played it uh, and i thought that was a very nice way to cap off the game yeah logan did you go and listen to the main theme for the original unravel no i did not you, you need to it's so good i i mm, that just the main theme of unravel the, the original game is incredible okay. i highly recommend it especially since you liked the uh, second one's soundtrack. Yeah. So good. And then the last game, uh, Power Pros. I don't know what it's called. It's like called GQ something. Uh, I don't know. But Japanese. GQ baseball. Powerful Pro Yaku. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the GQ means. I looked it up, but I don't remember. Um, yeah, and this is Power Pros, which was a very short-lived franchise over here. Uh, in the United States, just had two iterations in 2007 and 2008. But this is a yearly series featuring all the Japanese baseball teams over in Japan. Uh, Kevin picked me up a copy on PS4 and himself when he was over there, and we played like five or six games together uh, when we were hanging out over break. Yeah. it. <laughs> I, if I was playing these games every year, it probably wouldn't have been as big of a deal. But jumping from 2008 Wii graphics to 2018 ps4 graphics was absolutely insane yeah like that it's probably not as gorgeous as i think it is but man i think it's gorgeous i also think it's gorgeous yeah it looks it looks looks good yeah and we played it in vr yeah we did zach and i did i played a very little amount (laughs) but i was very impressed by turning around and seeing the audience around me yeah it was really cool just look around and see a packed baseball stadium yeah, cheering awesome. for the losing team. Oh yeah, we got slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zach couldn't. Zach couldn't get out of the inning as pitcher. He's like, I just want to hit, and he yeah. just kept giving up yeah. runs. It was sad. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Aww. Yeah, but the game plays really yeah, well. Game. I mean, just like I remember it playing. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Those, those were the games that kind of uh, were ahead of the curve in terms of extra content that you were able to do. They had like multiple different story modes that you could do more depth in the season mode. Like those games were so chock full of content. I was, I was so sad when they did not release the 2009 one, which does exist. 
the MLB version on Wii does exist in Japan. It just never came over here. Oh, could you not find it? I wish it caught on more, but I did. I found it, but it was like 25 or $30 and the Wii is region locked. So I was like, ah, it's not worth it. That makes sense. Uh, to me at least, but yeah, I really wish it caught on because these games are fantastic. Yep. They're so good, and it reminds me that Konami still exists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah made by Konami. They're super not weird. The Hideo Kojima company. Uh-huh. So they're making pachinko games in this. Yep, and That's Metal it. Gear Survive. Ugh. Oh yeah, ew, Ugh. gross. Yep, get that out of here. All right, what else have you been playing, Kevin? Uh, I think a game that's pretty important to the two of us in this room. Yes, that is true. But before I get into that, I will say I finished uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2, about 30 hours to beat that game. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it sits at number two uh, on my Yakuza rankings, the de facto Yakuza rankings. Yeah, two is according so to me. good. Um, such a good story. I think, I think Zero is still top, mm-hmm. but Kiwami 2 swoops right in under that. Uh, and then five after that, I'll, I'll have to write down the list and uh, remember where everything goes. But it, it was really good, especially with a bunch of the side content that they added, the cabaret thing. I talked about that last week. I spent like eight or nine hours straight on that. Yeah. Um, I did like 60 of the 70 sub stories. Uh, uh, Yakuza 2 has some of the best side stories in that game. Yeah, they're pretty uh, fun. <laughs> I, will not, I will not spoil them. Uh, for the people who haven't played it yet, but there are some really good ones in Yakuza 2. And I also played the uh, Majima Saga, which is the addition to the game that kind of wraps up some plot from uh, Zero to uh, Yakuza 2 in terms of Majima's character. Uh-huh. And it really, it I had heard that it wasn't that substantial. It took me an hour to beat it. There's three chapters. The chapters are super short. Okay. Um, the only side content that they give you on your phone They'll message you and be like, hey, here's a, a really strong guy that you can go and fight. He's over here. And they give you like 20 of those guys to fight. But there's no combat progression for Majima because it's so short. Yeah. So I didn't feel any point to doing that. It, I guess it's just for people that want, want some extra Majima. stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. Majima's fighting style was fun, even though it gets a little bit stale since you can't upgrade anything or add new moves to his arsenal. But uh, still really fun. And he's he's so like he's so quick. I always hated fighting him in Yakuza 2 because he was so fast. And I get to fight as him just destroy people. Yep. Uh, but I just really liked how it tied up uh, loose ends in terms of characters from Zero uh, that we haven't seen since that game. So like 20 years or whatever in terms of timeline in the game. So as a game itself, not all that interesting. But in terms of the story that it tells, uh, I think it was pretty fun just to at least uh finish that up for Majima and his story. So that was a good addition, I think. Uh, that game is done. I have finished all the Yakuza games until I decided to go to Dead Souls and then all the other crap, uh, all the other side stuff in, in Japanese. But as for right now, uh, Yakuza is, is done. It's kind of weird. Oh, man. So, yeah. I've played through them all, basically. So judgment. a much, much needed break from that. Yeah, Judgment. Judgment's yep. going to be the next one up. Uh so after that, after I finished uh, Kiwami 2, I hopped over to Dragon Quest XI. I've been Ooh. hearing about it for uh, so long. for far too long. Yeah. September. Picked it up on Black Friday for 30 bucks. Solid deal for it. I'm really glad I picked it up. I'm about seven hours in. Uh, I'm at Galopolis right now, oh, uh, the desert nice. town. Yeah. 
just did that that horse racing thing, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I've been a, I'm a fan of uh, traditional JRPGs, and this one is a very traditional JRPG. But I like how much it emphasizes exploration, especially within the different towns that I've been going to. Even just the first couple of towns, you're going into basically every house, and there's something for you to find in there, whether that be breaking pots to get items, or you're opening their dressers and stealing their clothes, or books. or going to their bookshelves, yeah. reading their books, and possibly getting some new information. I like how much it wants you to explore these towns, and they're all super beautiful, like the uh, the hot spring town. Oh, Hotto. I Hoto. love Hotto. Hotto? Yeah. Hotto? Something Where like that. everyone speaks in haiku. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not yeah, everybody, that place but most was... people. <laughs> That place was super cool. Uh, I love the designs of all the places. The combat is fun. I'm finally starting to get more characters, so uh, I'm starting to move along in the combat. Since I'm only like six, seven hours in, I still haven't gotten a full grasp of how uh, the combat works, especially with all the different characters. Uh, I haven't gotten them all yet, but I'm looking forward to getting farther into it. Uh, I will say, not a huge fan of the music. There's not a whole lot there. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It... uh, it it sucks because I think the the world that it shows is so gorgeous, and sometimes I don't think the music lives up to what is being shown on screen, which is a little bit disappointing, but that really is uh, my only gripe with the game. It runs beautifully, uh, gorgeous visuals, combat's fun, towns are really fun to explore through. I'm, I'm having a great time with it. I'm looking forward to, to diving more into it. Makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me happy. It's a good time. I've got a long ways to go in that game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I think we should make you beat the whole thing like I'm trying to do right now. Because you won't feel satisfied after you beat the main campaign no. after you see what happens right after. I don't consider that the end of the game. That's just a false end with some fake credits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm not looking forward to that grind, apparently. But uh, uh, The grind's oh, well. not that bad. We'll get... Yeah, I heard there was some cheese thing that you could do. Yeah, so exactly. Probably so do you that. Can, you can go from level fifty <laughs> to level ninety in like a couple hours. If you like, yeah, three or four hours. Yeah, that's not that bad. That's a lot of levels. I know it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's pretty much been it for me. Finishing Kiwami two and hopping right into Dragon Quest. But why don't we uh, hop right into the news uh, now that we're done with that? Logan, what do we got for this week? One of the biggest pieces of the news, Bungie split from Activision and is holding on to Destiny. Everyone's happy. Yeah? Are you happy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm indifferent. Uh, I played the first Destiny a long time ago. I wasn't a huge fan. I know Activision gets a lot of gripes for like the uh, online crap, like yeah. microtransactions and yeah. stuff like that. So a lot of people are happy that Bungie is just taking because they trust Bungie after Halo. Everyone loves Halo mm-hmm. and Bungie. So I hope they... Uh, they take that momentum and run with it, and they they do their fans justice. Um, I might maybe I'll jump back into the series if I hear good enough things. I don't know what their plans are, um, if they're just going to keep working on Destiny Two, or if they're working on a new game or something like that. It it sounds like they're working on new content for Destiny yeah. Two as well as another project. Yeah. So keeping support and then moving forward. That that makes sense. So, I uh, I hope everyone who loves Destiny is happy with that. Um. I think we're all a little indifferent on that, but we can we can be happy for the people who it affects. I just hope that like the the jury's still out on on what Bungie's going to do now that they don't have Activision towering over them and yeah and and we don't know to what extent Activision exerted their force on Bungie to do certain things. So I'm more so curious to see where one Destiny Two is going to go over the next you know 
couple of months to to a year out with new content, as well as uh, their next project that they're going to be working on, because we, we don't know what direction they're going to take it. But I mean, a lot of people complain about Activision in terms of all the microtransactions and, and all that stuff. So maybe Bungie will turn that around without Activision looking over them all the time. I think that's the best case scenario and why people are so happy right now, because there's a possibility of of that happening. And maybe Destiny will finally live up to, you know, Bungie's pedigree with the Halo franchise. Yeah. Yeah, I had a weird uh, flashback to what, like 2011 today? I saw Bungie leaves Activision. I was like, oh, I wonder what that means for Halo. Oh, wait, that was like <laughs> half a decade ago. Yeah. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. Yeah, they've been with Activision for a while. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, Halo uh, Infinite's coming out. I wonder what that means. Nothing, because it's 343 industry. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Halo Reach, pinnacle of Bungie. I'm just going to say it. Their final Halo game and their best Halo game. I'll stand by that. That was a good game. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll be curious to see where they take Destiny to. Hopefully uh, they can win back some praise from fans because it's uh it has not been a good couple of years for them oh yeah so yeah all right up next we have uh bravely default twitter account teased a new game kevin i know you played the first bravely default what do you think of this news i did yeah uh it's it's a very vague message uh basically just saying like oh you know uh, happy new year uh, and Basically just a very slight tease of a new project, but something is happening there, whether that be an entirely new game or remasters for Switch, possibly. But I enjoyed uh, Bravely Default on the 3DS. I've heard that game would... gets really grindy. Yeah, I I didn't play it to that point where it got super grindy because I heard it got real bad. But I put it like 30-some hours into it and really enjoyed it, so I'd definitely be interested, especially if this project is for switch that would be really cool i do like the art style for bravely default and that would i really hope that it would be coming to the switch yeah right. and <laughs> what you just said about bravely default 30 hours that you enjoyed but you heard it got super grindy uh this is the same team that made octopath traveler <laughs> yeah part part of the people yeah part of the people that made bravely default worked on octopath so <laughs> so good experiences could get a little bit lame at the end but still if you're getting that kind of time out of it i i say it's kind of worth it for for that much fun, the yeah. the world was super cool in Bravely Default. I never played Bravely Second. I heard it was uh, more of the same. Just never uh, went back to play that game, but heard that was still a very good time. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing what they would come up with. Uh, hopefully on Switch. Everyone expected Nintendo to have a Nintendo Direct this month, but instead they just had a weird stream of Twitter news the other day. Uh, and this <laughs> was highlighted by Yoshi's Crafted World release date coming out uh, March 29th. I believe was the date. I'm very excited for this game. Yoshi's Woolly World is an excellent game. I love it so much. And this looks to be kind of an expansion upon that idea. Um, it's got co-op also looks really pretty uh, and should be a pretty good spring title for the switch. Um, so I'm excited about that one. Um, and I feel like this game has been making the rounds for yeah. so long. It's weird to finally have a release date for it. Yeah, it got delayed. It was supposed to come out last year, and that did not happen. Um, but good to see it's it's finally making its way out. Um, some people wanted a spring release for Animal Crossing, but I'm calling June. I feel like Animal Crossing is a summer game, and I think it'll come out the last weekend of May or the first weekend in June right before E3. That's my prediction. That's a, that's a pretty good call. Yeah, unless they make it their fall game, which I don't see them doing. I don't know. I feel like Animal Crossing might be more of a fall game to me. 
I don't know, but like a big yes. fall release. Animal Crossing's always been like a middle of the year. That kind of yeah, game. okay. Yeah, I guess cheaper. it all depends on how their other titles shake out in terms of when they release. Yeah, like Metroid yeah, Prime. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I think it probably sort of hinges on that because they don't want a, a really long dry spell of games and they do have a lot coming out this year. Yeah, for sure. Like Fire Emblem, I think, is also supposed to be spring, so maybe Animal Crossing yeah. will be further back than I expect. 91 million PS4 units have been sold. Zach is uh, accounted for two of those. Yeah. Kevin for one and me for zero since I bought my <laughs> second hand. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Well, it bounces out since yeah. I bought two. Right? Yeah, we average one. Yeah, on sweet. Podcast. Okay. Um, it's creeping up on the Wii. It is. Uh, yeah. That, that's crazy. That's, uh, 10 million shy of that. Yeah, I think the Wii was 110. Um, so okay. I think it's about 20 million away. Or am I 20, okay. Uh, but yeah, real close. Really cool to see home consoles still doing this well. Um because I feel like there was a while where people thought they weren't going to quite do these numbers anymore, but it's really exciting to see that. And I think the switch could get to this point too, um, in a few years. Yeah. It's, it's funny to look at that list. Also, we sold 101.6 million oh, okay. units. Okay. So yeah, PS4 million. getting close to that. You, you look at the top selling, uh, systems of all time, you take out handhelds and it's the Wii and the PlayStation one and two. And now the PlayStation four, it's <laughs> like, Sony knocking it out of the park, except for the PS3. Still, the PS3 sold pretty well. Yeah. Eventually. I love my PS3. But, but yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. It's very cool to see that. I don't feel a big need for the PS5 right now, is what I'm finding. Like, were you playing Spider-Man or God of War this year and being like, this is a console and it's final, going into its final year? Because I did not feel nope. like that. Um, and there's still so much coming to it, so this number's, I think, only going to climb. Um, the price could continue to fall if we get closer to the PS5. I think this thing's going to top 100 million for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I love my PS5. It's, it's got a little bit of time left and still some pretty big games coming out. Yeah. Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us 2, Death Stranding, um, Resident Evil, Kingdom Hearts. Like, there's a lot. Yeah. Still there's happening. a bunch of stuff. And I feel like the games are still pushing the PS4 past where it was like two years ago in terms of graphical power. And yeah. it's still producing better and better looking games yeah we're in that golden age of the console where the games look better than they ever did yep. unlike the kind of weird looking launch games yeah yeah, yeah. like which always the happens son looks a little weird now looks a little weird but and and you go back to when that game came out and people were like this game's gorgeous yeah it's, it's like, crazy oh, i mean just keep yeah. getting better and then yeah um and then another game i saw that's coming to ps4 i think this year concrete genie have either of you heard of that game mm-hmm I remember seeing a trailer for it. Was that a V3? Um, I'm not sure, but I just saw a trailer for it today, and it's just about this kid. Mm. It's a very stylized game. Just runs around and is trying to like restore color to his town by Ooh. like painting creatures on the walls, and the creatures come to life and help solve puzzles. Looks really cool. Yeah. But oh. that's coming out. That's a PS4 exclusive also this year. Catherine, out on PC. Possible other console releases in the future. Zach, Catherine's kind of your thing. It is. You going to play it again? I just played it like a month ago, <laughs> so probably yeah. not. Yeah. But I will play it when full body comes out in America. And then, yes, yeah, oh, go ahead. Just interesting. Uh, I mean, you have the Oxy games coming out on PC. Those are also Sega properties, of course. Catherine, uh, Sega Atlas. Yeah. So just interesting to see how the dominoes could continue to fall here. What other Sega slash Atlas games could be coming to PC later for people who maybe have not experienced those games if they haven't jumped onto a console recently. Just cool for them. Yeah, definitely. Then lastly, just gloss over this one. Uh, the Wii U was on Amazon, new for I believe about seven hundred twenty nine dollars. <laughs> yeah, uh, seven to eight hundred bucks. Seven hundred so to eight hundred bucks. Worth it. Yeah, so I'm excited. Buy that in I, now. I have a collector's item. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you got a console that fails. There's less of them out there. You get way more rare. Although those were sealed, so. Yeah, that's true. You can get one pretty uh, for a lot cheaper online. Yeah. And that's yeah, it for if the you news wanna... this week, Kevin. Solid deals on there for uh, those like Mario Kart 8 bundles for $800. <laughs> yeah, a game that's on Switch. <laughs> yeah, solid console for the family. All right, why don't we hop right into our O2 segment? It's going to be a little bit uh, short this week, starting to run out of time. So why don't we hop right into it? In honor of Astrobot, it is a platform. We're going to go through our favorite and least favorite types of, uh, of, of platforming settings, whether that be a desert, ice, snow, forest, city, all of those, our favorite and least favorite level types. Who wants to start it off? I will. And I'll, I don't know if we want to do favorites around and then least favorites. Or... Let's do least favorites first. Oh, least favorites first? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my least favorite is ice levels um, <laughs> because, you know, your the traction is not there. So you have to jump to a platform and then you slide. And before you slide off, you have to jump to another platform. It really stresses me out. And really, the only thing that comes to mind is 2D Mario. There's a lot, of, and also you know those penguin enemies that slide yeah. at you. I hate those guys. I have <laughs> no good memories of ice levels in any video game that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, another game I was I was thinking of was for 3D platformers was the Jack and Daxter series. There's a whole ice mountain where you're just sliding around, and I keep sliding into enemies. And since that was a 3D platformer I played super recently. I it just is fresh in my mind of how much I hate sliding around in these stupid ice platformers. So I, I figured since you guys got the other terrible ones covered, I'd take ice as my least favorite platformer level. My, my least favorite is um I believe all our least favorites probably, <laughs> yeah. but only one of us can talk about it. It's yeah. underwater. Yeah, uh, it's not good, especially in Sonic when he drowns and you have to get the uh, air bubbles. I just yeah. hate how slow they are, too. Mm-hmm. Like they're just a pain. I got the Astrobot underwater level. Yeah. It was very gorgeous, but I was kind of like, damn. Because just getting the little robot to fall back down yeah, to the platform exactly. after I swam up was just like, come on. I feel like you just lose. Like Platformers are all about how the character feels when mm-hmm. they move. And when you throw them underwater, all that changes. And everything you've learned um, through playing this game is essentially useless. And it's just, it's just not as good. Uh, so yeah, underwater I think is yeah, well, definitely well, the worst. <laughs> so bad. What sucks is that uh, generally the music in underwater levels, as well as just kind of the set pieces, are usually really pretty. Yeah. Really nice to listen to, but the levels themselves playing them sucks. <laughs> it's so lame. Yeah, definitely. As for my least favorite level type, gotta go with desert levels because I feel like they're all exactly the same. I don't like their music, and they just never bring anything that interesting to desert levels where I feel like almost everything has already been done. When I play a desert level, I already know what I'm going to run into like every time for every single game. You know, the Mario games come to mind a lot. Yeah. And I feel like they're all the same. Every single desert level in each one of those games are all like exactly the same as one another. They're just not – and they're not visually interesting either. It's just like yellow-brown everywhere, and that's it. Like. They're just very uninteresting. The only desert level I really love is Super Mario Odyssey's desert. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is good. But that's because it's different. It's red sand. There's ice in it. Like it's really cool. Right. Uh, yeah, they yeah. do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, they're just kind of a visual bore to me, and not a whole lot interesting going on. 
But yeah, there's there's the least favorite. Why don't we hop into the favorite? Zach, what do you got? Uh, so my favorite is sort of it can be categorized as like beach or like tropical with a beach. Yeah. Uh, the one that comes to mind is Seaside Hill from Sonic Heroes, which is my favorite <laughs> level in that game. Oh. I love it so much. Uh, the music and I, I like being above the water. That's that's something that's way better than being below the water. Uh, another one like the first level in the first Jack and Daxter or like the early. Uh, Crash Bandicoot levels from the first game. Uh, yeah, that's that's my jam. I love the aesthetic. Uh, the music's super, like, usually ukulele or kind of drummy, and uh, I've just always found that to be so pleasant to play. Yeah, I really like beach levels, yeah. and too. And the games usually start out with it, so it's just a nice way to kick off a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, I love the Mario Odyssey beach level. Yeah. I think it's gorgeous. Yeah, super good. I, I have two favorites I'm going to mention real quick. One is Sky Levels. Um, I was more thinking about like Mario Kart. Mario Kart has a really cool sky track. That's not a platformer, but um, Cloud Top Cruise is one of my favorite. Yes. I was thinking about that, that music's actually. incredible. Yeah, that music is amazing. That level's really cool. And then um, I really like City in the Sky from Twilight Princess. Again, not a platformer, but yeah. I just love. I just love it whenever it's so cool when you're like, oh, you're gonna go to the sky now. You've been here on Earth the entire time. Ah, uh, now you're gonna go up there. I just the opposite of really Skyward cool. Sword. Yeah. Yeah. I do like Skyloft, though. Yeah, me too. And then, oh, Skyloft. Yeah, it's great. And then my favorite is New Dunk. Uh, I, I was going to say New Dunk City. The city levels. <laughs> yeah. um, New Dunk City is incredible. The first kingdom I got all the moons in, and it has the most moons out of any kingdom. But I just love running around the city when it's bustling. Um, so much fun to just parkour around the buildings. Um, in Kirby Planet Robobot, there's a really cool city world um, where it's like a city themed around music. Um, and so like there's like cars and enemies are all like bopping to the beat you fight giant music notes with these huge skyscrapers around you it's just awesome so cities um are always some of my favorite because it it just brings like a really cool charm to something that in the real world is often dirty and somewhat underwhelming yeah <laughs> sonic's also got some pretty good city oh, levels yeah. oh definitely yeah. city, city escape. escape yeah yeah crisis sure. city anybody <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> Nice. <laughs> no, but for real though, there's a lot of really good yeah. uh, city levels in Sonic as well. Yeah, uh, Rooftop Run is my favorite level of all time of any game ever, and that's in a city. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yep. Yeah, good levels. As for me, this harkens back a little bit to playing through Unravel Two recently, but the jungle slash forest levels I always find super calming. A lot of that came from playing Donkey Kong Country Returns on the Wii years ago when I was a kid. I always find them just a super calming experience to play through with uh, a lot of the levels have like leaves falling. And for Donkey Kong, a lot of those were platforms that you could use uh, to get to certain areas. You jump on the leaves and go up through, but the way, especially that game used grass on platforms, just mainly the overall aesthetic of jungle and forest levels, as well as the music uh, I've, I've always really enjoyed uh, in platformers for sure. Yeah. Awesome. I love those too. They're really good. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, we are running out of time. Any final thoughts from you guys before we finish off this week's episode? Play I like us out. VR. Play us out, Logan. Oh, oh, okay. Grab it. Oh, yeah. Throw some video game music. There's some, yeah. Oh, that was terrible. All right, let's end it. <laughs> All right. That is going to do it for this uh, musical episode of Ode to Games. We're here every Friday on iTunes. 
and other podcast streaming services that you may use. You can find us on Twitter at Ode to Games. You can send an email to Ode to Gamescast at gmail.com. For Logan and Zach, I'm Kevin. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you all next week.